Hey everyone, welcome back. Coming to you live on a beautiful, wonderfully wintry Friday morning. Erev Shabbos over here from the CBS Community College of Summerton, Philadelphia. And um, we have our first official snow of the year. And that's a very uh, it's a big day here in Summerton. A big day for the entire civilized world, I think. The fact that we have our first snow day of the year. There are a few inches out there. And it's beautiful, inspiring. And um, and uh, as we're told, Snow inspires us to do tshuva. Snow inspires us to be inspired. And snow invites us to go get down in the snow and have snowball fights with our kids and make snowmen and snow angels and things like that. Snow is a lot of fun. We will enjoy the snow as Hashem Yisbarach. But in the meantime, let's go further in Derech Hashem over here. And we, we read through yesterday's Simon Gimel, which is the last Simon in the first Perek, of the second section of the Sefer, Chelek Bey's Perek Aleph, Simon Gimel. And the Ramchal gave us a three-paragraph overview into what Hashgacha is. And he keeps referring to it as Hashgacha. We are used to these terms like Hashgacha Pratis. Sometimes we hear <coughs> Hashgacha Klalis. And we finally began to discover yesterday what that really means, Be'etzim, what that means in, in depth, and what the, the lumdus behind the scenes is of these concepts of Hashkacha Pratis and Hashkacha Klalis. But let's take it again um, in terms of how the Ramchal set it up. Where are we holding again? I'm sorry. Bez, Aleph, Gimel. Chelik Bez, Perik Aleph, Simon Gimel. And the Ramchal told us that there are two basic types of, um, of Hashkacha, two basic types of, of Hashkacha. That Hashem is mashgiach, hashgacha, which loosely translated would mean to, to um, look over, look at, pay attention to, be on top of, oversee. oversee. <clears throat> the two types of hashgacha, depending on where you lie in the the ladder of creation, and. Two types of hashgacha that have to do exactly and line themselves up, match themselves up exactly with the two categories that we had in Chelik Aleph. Towards the end of Chelik Aleph, there are two categories in terms of of uh, categorizing the items in creation, and everything is either in one category or the other, either in category A or category B. Those two categories of creation are: I am either something that is <clears throat> affected, or I am an effector. I am moved, or I am a mover. I am influenced or I'm an influencer. Those are the two categories. Most items of creation, animal, mineral, and vegetable, are affected, influenced, and moved by kaychas above them, which are moved by kaychas above them, etc., going all the way to the top. And that is the vast majority of everything that we find, how it operates. It, it is not operating, it is operated upon. And as we said many times already, you know, you see what goes on in the wild, the, 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 um, these epic clashes between the, the lions and the wildebeests and the rhinoceroses and the elephants and everything that goes on in there looks chaotic. It looks like a lot of maybe even actions and, and bechira and decisions back and forth that are clashes and, and all that. None of that is actually true. None of it is, is an accurate reflection of reality. What we're really seeing is just the product, the lowest level product of 
things that were already sent to motion way, 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 way above the kaychus of the lions and the kaychus of the of the wildebeests and the kaychus of the alligators and the rhinoceroses and the elephants and the antelopes and the gazelles and all that. That shows up down here as how it how, however it shows up. There's no real um, <clears throat> clash going on down here. What we see down here is is the output and the resulting effect of what happened up there. Everything that's out there in reality, animate and inanimate, animal, mineral, vegetable, is, is on the receiving end of all the kaychas that are above it. The other category is <coughs> mankind, and specifically Klai Yisrael, who have, we have the hero. <laughs> we actually can affect the Bria. We actually can send movement upwards, and that movement that sends, that's gets set up comes back down again. Our decisions have cosmic effects. Our machshava, dibor, and maisa, thought, speech, and action affect the cosmos, and it goes up through the levels of kaychas and comes back down through the levels of kaychas, and that can shift the kaychas around, and we saw create oren choshech, suppress Hashem's influence, get Hashem to turn away, create Hester upon him, give rise to kaychas atoma, and all that. These are things that we had already, and and, and, and that's the difference between man slash Klaistral and the rest of the Brios. Are we a Babakir or, or are we a a a a, a, a macabre um, <clears throat> from that Bechira? And the Ramchal connected this beautifully yesterday with Hashkocha. The Hashkocha that anything in reality receives and is privileged to, which everything does receive Hashkocha because everything that's in the Brio is near here because it has a purpose in the Brio. But the type of, Bechira, type of Hashkocha you get depends on the type of creation you are, category A or category B. If you are category B, that means you're only effected, not an effector. You're only influenced, not influenced. Or the hashkacha that you receive is a hashkacha to ensure that what you're representative of is, is, is really more or less still there in the Bria. Because your role in the Bria is to be here in the Bria. Your role, being that you're in category B, is you are influenced by others. You are you are not an influencer. You are the macabre on the receiving end of someone else's decisions. It means you're here to be some kind of set piece for the brio. You're here to be some kind of window dressing for the brio. You're here to be scenery for the brio. You're here to be background for the brio. And yes, that scenery, background, and window dressing is instrumental in the bechira of Adam, in, in, in Adam's mission, in, in our objective over here for sure. But your role in that is just to be part of that scenery, is to be part of that environment, is to be part of that situation. So we just have to ensure that the situation more or less stays the same, that the world, with all of its, you know, everything that the Rebun Shalom deemed appropriate as what's needed and necessary for, for, for this world to realize its objective, has to still have in it all those set pieces, all the furniture, all the bits and pieces and the odds and ends that are there to get the world to, to, to its objective. So that's where HaKosh Baruch is mashgiach on everything that's in category B. He's mashgiach on everything that's in category B so just to ensure that it's still going to be here. It's still going to be here A and B to the degree that it's necessary for this world to achieve its, 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 its goal. So that means, does this world need caterpillars to get to its end objective, to its end goal? Of course it does. Otherwise, caterpillars wouldn't be here. Does this world need... <clears throat> Uh, does, does it need um, spruce trees? Yes, of course it does. Does it need, those, what are those things called again? The uh, Chinese lantern flies? Lantern flies, right? Does it need them? Well, vice dice, vice dice. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't be here. They're a scourge, a dirge, a menace 
and 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 even worse. But vice dice, if the world wouldn't need them, there wouldn't be. I'm sorry, not Chinese. Spotted lanternflies that came from China. The spotted lanternflies, good. They obviously serve some kind of purpose in getting creation to its tachlis. Somehow they're here. Whether or not we understand it, most of the time with these kinds of discussions, we don't understand it. But the world needs ladybugs, and it needs the lanternflies, and it needs the caterpillars, it needs every species of of flora and fauna that's out there somehow to fit into Hakadosh Baruch Hu's master plan. And if a threat would arise within the realm of the kaiyches, that one kaiyach is pushing another kaiyach out of the way, you know, the, these spotted lanternflies move into town, they move into Philadelphia, they move into the United States of America. There are threats to some indigenous species, some, some indigenous trees. So there's one kayak clashing with another kayak. We need these trees still to maintain the, the objective of the Bria. So the Rebbein steps in and his mashkiach and makes sure things are adjusted. <laughs> so the kayak of the spotted lanternflies doesn't totally push the kayak of the, the fir trees, the spruce trees, the whatever trees out of the way to, because we need those trees also. That is where Hashgachah steps in in terms of everything that's in category B, which is influenced, not influencer, effected, not effector. And as Ramchal himself told us, there the Hashgacha shows up on the elemental level, on the Shoirish level, on the Shoirish. <coughs> the Shoirish for this species, the Shoirish for this type of tree, the Shoirish for this animal. And the Shoirish means the highest level Kayach. Because if we Make sure that on the highest level kayach, we're still mashkiach over there. No, it'll end up showing up down here as it shows up. But that's where the hashkacha is. And the Ramchal said that befeish. It's on the shoyrish, the source and the, the, the primary beginning point, starting point for that species, for that entity. And if the Rebbeinu Shalom is mashkiach up there and says, I'm going to give enough power, enough kayach, enough kiyum, chizik, to the shoyrish behind this, the, 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 the um, the uh, long-necked Canadian goose, because we still need that in existence. So down here, it'll show up as long-necked Canadian geese. The question is, how many? And what's going to happen with every single particular Canadian goose? And let's say there's tens of thousands of these, and the Rebbe says, we still need long-necked Canadian geese out there because the world is not going to achieve its goal without them. Good. So what about that one particular long-necked Canadian goose that's, that's migrating with its brethren and it's flying a little bit too close to the power lines and is about to fly into the power lines, not fly into the power lines, get caught up in the power lines, get electrocuted, get zapped to death, two million volts of electricity, or something could happen at the last second, the car could honk and it'll get distracted and fly away from the power lines and get saved. <clears throat> is the Rebbein Shalem Mashkiach over there? Is he Mashkiach on that one particular long-necked Canadian goose to, to ensure that he will either will fly to its electrocuted electrocution and to its its fiery flamey spectacular death or that it'll get saved the last minute by some random guy honking on his random car horn and saving it so is Rehanshin Mashkiach over there? No! He's not! He's not! There's no Ashgach over there there's no Ashgach over there because each individual goose, as we said, does not concern HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Rebbeinu is not interested in each individual goose. Each individual goose does not play a role in getting the breed to its tachlis. We need the min. We need the species. For some reason, the species has to be here. And there's, you know, untold millions, billions of species of, 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 of all these things. Insects and fish, flowers, 
and bugs, which are insects, and animals and people, well, pe- uh, animals <clears throat> and, 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 and all these kinds of things. So for some reason, somehow, they're all integral and all necessary in filling, uh, fulfilling HaKadosh Baruch's master plan, which that's certainly unfathomable why and how, but they are integral. But on an individual level, you don't need each individual goose, each individual ant, each individual bug, each individual chipmunk. You don't need them. And how things look like on an individual level, that's what happens when the kaychas play themselves out, when they come all the way down here. There's kaych up, the pan kaych, a pan kaych, a pan kaych, a pan kaych, a pan kaych, which goes all the way up and comes, you know, there's the highest level kaych is where they originate, and the lowest level kaych is how things look like down here, and how that looks like down here is based on all kinds of rules, the laws of nature, laws of probability, laws of chance, laws of <clears throat> of, of uh, physics and all that, and the laws of what, how to determine when one kayak clashes with another kayak. So again, when you have, the Rebani Shalom is certainly mashkech to make sure we'll have lions out there on the African plains and that we're going to have wildebeests. How many lions, how many wildebeests at the Rebani Shalom is not mashkech. And what's going to happen in any particular clash when the lions go to the watering hole and they try taking down those wildebeests for lunch, who's going to survive, who's not going to survive? The Rebani Shalom is not mashkech on that. There's no interest from Shemayim, no celestial, no cosmic divine interest in each particular individual one. So that's left all, uh, up to all, all the, the laws of nature, the laws of physics, the laws of chance and probability, which is really another way of saying the system of the Kaychas. The Kaychas themselves are left to govern that. The Rebbeishim is a mashkiach on the highest level, and the Kaychas themselves, everything is left to the system of the propagation of the Kaychas. And that's what we call Hashgach HaKlalis. That is Hashgach HaKlalis. The Rebbeishim is a mashkiach on the Klal, and the Shoirish. That's why it's Klalis. It's a hashgach on the klal, on the greater principle, on the greater entity, on the greater concept, which is up there above. And how that looks like Lamaisa is however it plays out based on probability, chance, physics, laws of nature, etc. That's left to the kaychas to govern. And the Yubayim is quite sefridin, leaving it to the kaychas to govern. Of course, the system of kaychas is Hashem's system. And of course, the system that's created by Hashem. And as we saw, Hashem is constantly giving that system of kaychas energy to keep itself running. But it's Rebbeinu maintaining it from a distance. It's being maintained from a distance. Now, I know what you're going to ask. I think I know what you're going to ask, but I think we're going to get there in a moment. Okay, so hold off, hold off. Could be I don't know what you're going to ask, but if, if I do know what you're going to ask, we're, we're, we're going to get there in a moment. If it's not what you were going to ask, then you'll have a moment to ask, a moment to ask it momentarily. Masha Engein Hashgacha Pratis. Hashgacha Pratis is the Hashgacha we have over man himself. Man being a Babakhira, man who's, who makes decisions, who is here to make decisions, who the entire universe revolves around his decisions, the decisions that he's here to make. Decisions that he's here to make. The Bri was created to, to, to um, present and place man in this Bria, man who has the ability to be Baikha between Toiv and Ran, Ran, Toiv, and is given. Situations in life to be baycher between Ra and Toiv and Toiv and Ra. That's what the whole breeze is about, man and his Bechira. Here, there's a different type of Hashkacha. Here, Hashkacha has to ensure, <coughs> A, that my Bechira is met in kind with reciprocal action from Shemaim. A Bechira, the right way, has to be met in kind correctly. Bechira, for Ra, Hashashom, has to also be met in kind. Toiv has to be repaid with Toiv. Ra has to be repaid with Ra. We have to respond to man's Bechira. And B, we have to 
enable man's Bechira. We have to make sure that man will constantly have the ability to apply his Bechira. So Hashgacha on man, because of his Bechira, is doing both. It's not just making sure that he gets his comeuppance, Mita, Kenegad, Mita, Litoiv, and Lamutov. It's ensuring that he has the ability to be Bechir, moving things around him all the time, that he can make a Bechira, but he can make Bechira over there, he can make Bechira over there. And so, to answer what is presumably, but maybe not 100%, maybe not, um, um, not, maybe not for sure, not with certainty, Shomrov's question, although we did say <clears throat> that the category of existence that's outside of man's Bechira does not get Ashkach of this only gets Ashkach Klalis. Hashem is not interested in every individual chipmunk, woodpecker, and goose, and bug, just on the klal, on the shoirish of the species, but if there would be a situation in which this particular goose is relevant to a particular man, then the Rebbein will be mashkiach on that particular goose, because this goose is actually relevant to this person. So it's, let's get back to our goose mashal. We don't care about whether that goose gets electrocuted or not electrocuted, fried, doesn't get fried. But let's say it's going to fly into the power lines of a yid. And if it gets electrocuted in his power lines, he's going to, it's going to happen right before Shabbos. It's not going to have power for the whole Shabbos. And it's going to ruin his chalant and his fridge. And he's going to have to be running over to the neighbors right before Shabbos, finding people's blechs and taking things out of the fridge. No heat, no light. It's going to ruin his Shabbos if that goose flies into his power lines. So goose is about to fly in there. Hashgacha and that individual checks out the situation and says, what's the right thing for this person? Is it appropriate to plunge him into darkness right before Shabbos? Or to say, All the yin have light. No, he should have light. You should have lichtika. You should have warmth. You should have heat. You shouldn't have to worry about this. So if he's, Hashgacha decides that he shouldn't have to worry about it, so he'll make the guy on the street honk at the last second on his car horn, the goose will get distracted, will fly away from the power lines, and this guy will, will, will never be the wiser, but he is now was, was given a varm lichtige, uh, beautiful, sumptuous Shabbos with a delicious chalun without any worries because of Ashkacha Pratis, got the goose to go away. So it wasn't Ashkacha Pratis on, uh, uh, because of the goose, it was Ashkacha Pratis on the goose, but it was this Yitz, Ashkacha Pratis, that spilled over to the goose. That can certainly happen, and that does happen all the time. On the goose, for the goose sake, no, we don't, the Rebbe is not interested in particular geese. The world is not here for that individual goose. The world is here for the Babakhira, who is man. So, since the Rebbe created the world for Bechira, and everyone's Bechira is a different Bechira. Everyone's Bechira is a goal in of itself. Everyone's Bechira is individualized, personalized, and makes a personal difference to the Rebbe is Mashkiach on a personal level, individually, for every individual yid. And that's Hashkacha Pratis. Hashkacha Pratis is when the Rebbe is Mashkiach. And the prat, and the individual, you make a difference to me. You make a difference to me. You make a difference to me. But what that means, what mean you make a difference to me? Your actions make a difference to me? And your actions need to be monitored by me? And your actions need to be paid attention to by me? To, de- to determine, A, what you will get as a result of those actions, and B, to make sure that you have the ability to make those actions. That's hashkacha on man slash klaisel, as opposed to hashkacha on the rest of the world. Hashkacha brothers versus hashkacha klaus. Um <clears throat> Now, with this, we can return to another question we asked, which is, <clears throat> why does, and we said the Rebbein Shalom is mashkiach on the system of kaychas to make sure that the kaychas stay in the right place in the right alignments, the right way they're supposed to be. And we asked, why, is why, why does Rebbein Shalom have to have hashkacha on the system of kaychas, even in uh, of, of hashkacha klalis, the kaychas and the work on their, on their own, like clock, they don't have the hero. 
They don't have bechira. <coughs> why should the rabbi need? Why should the rabbi Remember, we asked this question at the beginning of the of the parak. Why Shakosh Baruch have to give any hashgacha whatsoever to the system of kaiches? The kaiches are just fine on their own. The kaiches are working great on their own. They work like clockwork. The the whole world outside the realm of man. Why should the rabbi have to be mashkiach over there? Right. Where the, the the chipmunks and the geese and the bugs and the bats and the weather patterns and all this stuff. That's working fine on its own. Why is everybody have to be mashkiach there in Gansan altogether? The Teretz is already in front of us. The Teretz has not been prepared. Again, for two reasons. A, the Yubayisham needs to be mashkiach in the realm of the inanimate or animate animal, mineral, vegetable because sometimes we need a mess around the system in order to provide man with a proper, a proper environment for his Bechira. The way the Kayichas would have worked I wouldn't have had an opportunity for a Bechira. But we want me to have a, a situation where I have to use my Bechira. So we're going to set up a snowstorm to see who's going to come to Derech Hashem today. Right? We need to test out the Yid and who's going to come to Derech Hashem. There wasn't supposed to be a snowstorm. And the Kayichas were, were primed properly and perfectly that there wasn't supposed to be a snowstorm. But let's see who's going to come to Shachris. We want to give all the Yid schar for coming to Shachris. We want to give all the Yid schar for coming to Derech Hashem. We want to give all the Yid schar for doing all the things that the Yid may not be so interested and enthusiastic about doing when... There isn't a snowstorm. So you know what? We're going to mess around with the system of the Kaychas, create a snowstorm for the Rebbeinah to say, Ah, chazu chazu banai chavivai. Look how Heiligen precious these Yidin are. Even on a snowstorm, they come to Shul. Even on a snowstorm, they come to Derech Hashem. Even on a snowstorm, when they're stuck with, 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 their, with their little kinderloch because the Gan closed down, they tune in on Zoom space to Derech Hashem just to be able to catch, hop in a few precious moments of Derech Hashem. It's conceivable that the Rebbeinah will set up a situation where... There'll be a, 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 the weather patterns would have gone one way, the assault and the other way, to test it and to give them Bechiro, right? So that's one way of, of, of understanding why even though, yes, it's true, outside of man, the system doesn't work like clockwork, so why are we mashkiach over there? Because as the Ramchas said in the beginning of the parak, we're mashkiach over there to keep the world running smoothly and accurately in the way it's supposed to run. But that means the way it's supposed to run for the objective of the world, which and the objective of which is man's Bechiro. So sometimes we're messing around with the Kaychas to give man the ability to implement his Bechiro. And in addition, the other point is also true as well. Man's Bechira can perfect, it can also mess up the Bria. Sometimes our Bechira sets into motion amazing, amazing, amazing effects and makes the Bria look so beautiful and so perfect and so harmonious and amazing. But sometimes it can chasasham do fakir, send kilkulam, send destruction up, and that destruction may come down. Akash Baruch may say that, look, this man's Bechira is creating a whole, a whole, a whole. A hole, a whole hole, a hole in the fabric of the Bria. It's ripping holes. It's creating damage and havoc and destruction. And it's going to endanger the long-necked Canadian geese. We can't have that. We need the long-necked Canadian geese. Even though this person's Bechira is going to be creating destruction over there. You know what? I'm going to move the Kayichas around to ensure their continuation because <coughs> we still need them. That would be the other area where the Rebanshim will still be Mashkiach in the realm of the category B of creation. Items that don't have Bechira. Even though on their own they work like clockwork, but the problem is they're not in the universe alone. They're sharing the universe with Bali Bechira. And even though it does say in Kohelis, the book of Ecclesiastes, Yosha Bar Lakim, Hashem created everything just and straight and accurate and correct, and that it does apply to the realm of the inanimate or animal, mineral, or vegetable, things that don't have Bechira, but my Bechira can mess that up. So to answer the question, the Yosoid is Hazoi, very, very simplistic, very um, elegant Yosoid over here. Why and when will the Rebunshan be Mashkiach? In the realm of category B, items that, that, that don't have 
the Chiron should be working perfectly and smoothly on their own, the Hashgach will be implemented over there for one of two reasons. A, to provide Balei Bechira with the opportunity for Bechira, and or B, to ensure that the system of, 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 uh, of, of items that don't have Bechira still remains in the state and positioning that it's supposed to be, and man's Bechira doesn't mess that up. So that's when you'll have Hashgach Kololis on the realm of category B, items that lack Bechira, because... because Although, although, as we said again and again, that's a system that does work like clockwork on its own. It's perfectly capable of keeping itself in perfect balance, perfect harmony. The animal world does keep itself perfectly balanced, perfect harmony. Yet, yet, and, and it's, just, it's a system that should be self-perpetuating, self-sufficient, once the Rebunisham created that system and has a route to maintain that system. However, the Hashgach HaKlal is still necessary to provide man with Bechira from within that system when he needs to be presented with an opportunity for Bechira. And also, so man's Bechira Lera'a shouldn't necessarily create destruction and havoc in that system if it's not yet ready, if it's premature, if it's not yet appropriate for a species to be wiped out, which it would have been because of man's Bechira Ra'a creating this, this ripple effect in, in the system of the Kaychas. Koshbach says, no, I, I still want the silverback chipmunks, I still want the long neck Canadian geese around, even though man's bad decisions should be eradicating them. Okay? So that is... Why and when the revanchim will be mashkiach and oifin of hashkacha klalus, but it all comes down to at the end of the day, it really hashkacha on any level, even if it's hashkacha klalus in the realm of items that are nifalim and not poyalim, it's always going to be relevant and related to hashkacha pratis. It's always going to be somewhat re- relevant and connected to hashkacha pratis. And as we saw, sometimes hashkacha pratis for the prat for the for the prat themselves, for the man himself, can spill over to. Nifalim to category B items that are affected because sometimes, you know, things around me will be directly relevant to my hashkacha pratis and then they're included in my hashkacha pratis and Hashem Baruch will move them around from my hashkacha pratis. But even when they're not directly relevant from my hashkacha pratis, maybe they're relevant to provide me with a situation for bechira or they have to be maintained. That balance has to be maintained in spite of my bechira. So far, so good. Okay, was your question answered? Your question was not yet answered. No, it wasn't. Answered. It wasn't yet, okay. So, I'm going to speak out one more thing and then we'll, we'll take your question. Okay. Um, so, as we said yesterday, let's just re- repeat this again as well. Rabbi said this idea that Baruch will sometimes manipulate the Bria to provide shelter to bugs and caterpillars and other things like that, and geese that are about to fly into power lines and spare them from an untimely... Uh, supercharged death um, that's not how it works it's not how the system works if it's not relevant to a particular prat not regular relevant to a man a Baal not relevant to a a, 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 a a member of category A the Poyalim then the Rebbe is not Mashkiach on individuals in category B the category of the Nefalim the individuals don't concern the Rebbe Shalai. they don't concern the Rebbe the Shoirish is what concerns the Rebbe The Hashkacha shows up at the Shoirish level. The Pratim, man, the Rebbe is Mashkiach in every Prat because every man has an individual Bechira. The world is here for everyone's individual Bechira. And Hashkacha, there is the Hashkacha Pratis where Hashem is interested in each and every person. Every Baal Bechira, the Rebbe takes an interest in. The Rebbe has a personal interest in each and every one of us because we each have a different task, a different mission, a different... A, a different 
angle of Bechira, a different type of Bechira, a different blend of Bechira, and the Rebbein is individually, personally interested in each of us on an individual level. Each of us has our own individual Hashkacha. <clears throat> and here, we just have to bring that home and really address what's probably one of the biggest misconceptions in Yiddishkeit, which is, is what is Hashkacha protest? How should it be translated? How should it be thought of? And it's a phrase that we throw at so casually, so routinely, and so so much with ease that it becomes trite, it becomes cliched, and it, not, it, not the trite that it becomes meaningless, it becomes worse meaningless. It becomes um, <clears throat> a misnomer. It ends up meaning something else. In our day and age, when someone says, when someone says, I have an amazing Hashgacha Pratha story to tell you. You've got to hear this Hashgacha Pratha story. Wow. You've got to hear this Hashgacha Pratha story. What does that mean? Always. Always, always, always Hashgacha Pratha. Hashgacha Pratha stories mean, it always means the same exact thing. It's always the same exact formula. I needed to go somewhere, and for some reason I couldn't go somewhere. I couldn't, I couldn't get there. And, 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 and something blew up. Something blew up. Wow. That's a Hashgacha Pratha story, right? That is the basic formula for every single Hashgacha Pratha story that I, I needed to be this morning. I needed to go to the bank, got into the car, the car wouldn't start, came to the red light, the red light was broken, I was sitting there for 10 minutes, I got to the bank 10 minutes late, and you know something? The bank blew up. Wow, Hashgacha Pratis. Hashgacha Pratis. I, I needed to go this morning, I had to go on a shopping trip. I had three things I left off of my <coughs> shopping list. And so I needed to go. Has the kosher was closed because the snow is going to go to shop right. There's too much snow on the road. I said, I can't go shopping. My wife said, Oh, well, you have three things on the shopping list. Oh, let's go to the neighbors. So I decided we'll go to the neighbors. I didn't go to shop right. And shop right blew up. Wow, Ashkacha Pratis. Every single Ashkacha Pratis story follows this. It's very predictable, very formulaic. It's always the same ending. And it blew up. It blew up. There's something along those lines. Okay, there are variations here and there, but it's always about the same kind of thing, right? That, uh, that, uh, that, that uh, you know, things looked like they weren't working out, and I was very upset, and lo and behold, the twist all the way at the end is I discovered that it was not the Peshat that things didn't work out. Things worked out so amazing and much better than I ever could have possibly imagined because of of uh, something that I, I, I wasn't aware of, and wow, look, the Rebunshim saved me. Kashwaku saved me from from something that was about to blow up. Amazing, Hashkacha Pratis. That's what everyone means when they say, you got to hear this Hashkacha Pratis story. So for us, Hashkacha Pratis has come to mean the Yubayim Shem saving, saving me from, from, from doom, from disaster. And in fact, you know, people will translate Hashkacha Pratis as divine providence. They'll translate it as divine providence. Divine providence exactly means that. Divine means coming from the Yubayim Shalom. Providence means salvation. He saved me. Providence always has a positive connotation. Divine providence, divine salvation. Ashkacha Pratis always has to mean that. I was saved from something. I was spared from something. Look what a Baruch did to save me. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Ashkacha Pratis is the same Ashkacha Pratis when the guy doesn't make it to the bank before the bank blows up or the guy does make it to the bank before the bank blows up. That's also Ashkacha Pratis. That's the same Ashkacha Pratis. When the guy gets into his car and the car does start and he does, and he makes all the green lights and he gets to the bank one minute before the bank blows up and he's there when the bank blows up. He could have missed all the, all the lights. He could have been stuck by every single red light. Got into the bank two minutes late and got into the bank after the bank blew up. 
The guy who gets the bank and is in the bank when the bank does blow up and blows up together with the bank, that's also Ashkacha Pratis. And the guy, we just said, you know, the Canadian goose, who is, we were talking about that situation, that sometimes my Ashkacha Pratis will affect that Canadian goose that will, that will get distracted from the power lines. It won't get entangled in the power lines, so I won't lose power for Shabbos, right? Wow, Ashkacha Pratis. Some guy distracted that goose at the last second, and the goose flew away, didn't get tangled in my power lines, I have power for Shabbos. Okay, that's true, that's Ashkacha Pratis. But when the goose doesn't get distracted and flies straight into the Zia's power lines and downs them, the guy doesn't have power. Five minutes before Shabbos, he has no power. That's also Ashkacha Pratis. Ashkacha Pratis has nothing to do, nothing to do with salvation, nothing to do with being spared, nothing to do with being saved from things blowing up, everything to do with the Rebbeinu Shalalem always paying attention, always vigilant, always monitoring every prat in Klai Yisrael. Hashkacha doesn't mean to save, it means to monitor. Hashkacha Pratis means monitoring individuals and keeping track of every individual and checking in and saying, okay, what's this guy doing? What's he about? What is he about to do? What does he need the ability to do? And what should I do as a result? We have been so, we, we have cheapened Rabbi the Kant of Hashkacha Pratis. We've commercialized the Kant of Hashkacha Pratis. We made it into best selling books. The Kant of Hashkacha Pratis, and we have corrupted the concept of Hashkacha Pratis. Hashkacha Pratis is not limited to salvations. Of course, salvations also fall under Hashkacha Pratis. All Hashkacha Pratis means that Rebbein Shem is monitoring every yid on an individualized level because the 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 status and standing of this particular yid is important. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is important because Hashem wants to save him. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe important because Hashem wants to punish him. Maybe important because Hashem wants to send him to that bank, Rachman al-Islam, before it blows up. Maybe because Hashem wants to take his power away before Shabbos comes. Hashkacha just means you are personally monitored by Hashem because Hashem is interested in you. Hashem is interested in you because the world is here for you. That interest creates this system of Hashkacha. And where Hashkacha goes, only Hashem knows where the Hashkacha is going to go. But Ashkacha Pratis means individual monitoring, not individual salvation, not individual saving. And, uh, you know, we have to, maybe with this, with this, with this Lichtigkeit, uh, with this Klorkai, we have to go back and, and, and fine tune, readjust some, some famous, some songs that some of us may have grown up with. I don't know if you guys grew up with these songs, but there's like these song that, uh, I think it might be an Uncle Moshi song even. I'm a Jew and I'm proud and I'll sing it out loud. Who knows the lyrics to that one? There's a line of that song somewhere. Hashem is always watching over me. Right? Who knows this song? Yeah. It's usually to the tune of... Uh... Yeah, don't sing it. Don't sing it. I'm a Jew and I'm proud. And I'm sing I'll sing it out loud. Something, something, something. There's a line in this song. And Hashem is always watching over me. Right? It's not true! It's not true, Rabbi Say. It's not Hashem is always watching over me. That's, that's the commercialized version of Ashkoch Pratis. Hashem is always watching me. That's Hashgacha Pratis. Watching over me sounds like every yid has a guarantee that no harm can befall him. Every yid has a guarantee. Hashgacha uh, Pratis. Uh, the, the bank's going to blow up before I get there. The store, shopping mall is going to blow up before I get there. The car is going to blow up before I get there. The phone booth is going to blow up before I get there because I'm going to be at the last second thwarted from getting to that, 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 uh, that, that phone booth right before it blows up. Hashem is always watching over me. That's Hashkacha Pratis gone wrong. 
Avada, all that is nichla within Hashkacha Pratis, but when we strip it down to its basics, Hashkacha Pratis simply just means Rebbe is always watching me. Yes, and it is true. He's always monitoring me because every action, my actions are important to Baruch Hu. My Bechira is important to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The universe was created for my Bechira, which is important to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Rebbe will always be monitoring each and every one of us to make sure, A, we have the ability to, uh, uh, to apply and implement Bechira, and B, our Bechira is met in kind, Mida Kenegin Mida, Letoivin Lomutov, but that's the sum total of Hashkacha Pratis. Hashem is watching me. Hashem is always watching me, yes. Watching over me? Hopefully. Hopefully. But that's not the definition of Hashkacha Pratis. Everybody got that? Okay, very good. Very good. So that wraps up the first um, parak over here. We have concluded the uh, first parak of the second section of Der Hashem. Hashem. We will continue next week with the second parak of the second section. We should have a wonderful Lichtige, a white Shabbos. Have a beautiful white Shabbos, everyone. And um, I would say enjoy the snow. But uh, it's not the sticky kind, but enjoy it anyway. And uh, okay, take care, Rabbi Isai, and uh, be well.